Hello, hello. Welcome to Twin Flame Transformation Season 2. My name is Michelle and I will be your host and guide. On today's podcast, I want to talk about love and fear and how these polarities are probably the most important topic to talk about on the Twin Flame journey. And that being said, I feel it's important to remember that the purpose of the Twin Flame journey is for our spiritual ascension and our Twin Flame is our greatest teacher and guide. Also, don't forget to stay to the end where you can hear another Twin Flame share their journey so far. I've heard from so many listeners about how helpful and validating it has been to hear from other Twin Flames. And also some of you who have shared your story have shared with me that it was a healing and helpful experience to be able to do that. So if you feel called to share your story, I'll tell you where to send it before we get to our next Twin Flame share. And now, before we get started on this topic, I want to acknowledge that sometimes the mere mention of the word fear can be triggering. So if you find your body tensing up or having any resistance or reaction to this, you know, you can just turn this off and come back to it at any time, right? Fear can often show up in surprising ways, unexpected ways, and at other times it won't even be present. So you can always come back to this at another time. Okay, let's get started. Let's start with love. And as always, only take what resonates for you. So What I know to be true is that our souls are part of a stream of consciousness that comes directly from divine source energy. And this stream of consciousness is pure love, pure light, pure divine source, God, right? So at a soul level, we all know what love is because we are love. And love is a noun and love is a verb. So love is who we are, right? who divine source is. But because our soul is also housed inside a human body with a brain and a heart on a planet of free will and polarities, we express love by acts of love. Now, these acts of love or absence of acts of love can be confusing when it comes to our twin flame, especially if we're experiencing separation and are not able to be with them for various reasons. Now, on one level, you may know and feel that they love you, yet you may not be experiencing the actions and reciprocity that we associate with love, right? So as a verb, if they aren't expressing their love, do they still love you? Or what if the most loving thing they could do is to be in separation with you right now? In fact, if you Google quotes on love, 90% at least here in the West, are romantic quotes, right? So for most of us, when we fall in love or we hear the word love, our first association is romantic and there are certain expectations from society and beliefs and our family that whether we're conscious of it or not, we associate with love and those are put on our twin flame. So I invite you to think about this. What does love mean to you? So when we fall in love, the greater our chance of loss, the greater our fear. When we fall in love with our twin flame, this can potentially be our greatest loss and therefore it becomes our greatest fear. So let's talk about fear. Now fear is different from danger, 
right? The fear that I'm referring to here is the fear that we've been taught to believe around the loss of love. Because if we had nothing to lose, I don't think we'd have any fear. Now, if you've had trauma or wounding, there may be fear in your body. That's different, right? That fear is there to protect you. And when you do your healing work, that fear can be released. And also sometimes our obsessive thoughts are, and fears in our thoughts are there to protect us. So I'm not necessarily referring to those fears that are there to protect us. I'm referring to the false fears that are connected to false beliefs and fantasies we may hold around love. And these are the fears that keep us attached to needing someone, needing our twin flame, to complete us or make us happy. And strangely, these are also the fears that keep love exciting and dangerous. Now, I'm generalizing here so that I can sort of include all aspects, but we all have different experiences and our experience of fear and love will look different. So I'm going to share some of these, but they're just generalizations. And of course, you can personalize them to for your own journey. But on the twin flame journey, these fears might look something like, I fear I'll never be with them. I fear that I've not done enough or that I'm not good enough or I've not done enough healing. If they loved me, they would be in my life. Or I've done my healing, why aren't they here? Or there must be something wrong with me. Or we're twin flames and so we should be together. Or how will I ever be able to be with anyone else? Or no one else will love me or understand me like they do. Or what if I'm not worthy? Or if they love me, they would... What? Fill in the blank, right? If they loved me, they would... And so basically, these are fears that we have been taught exist around love. These are conditions we believe should go hand in hand with love, right? And they're also fears of an unknown future, as well as any denial of the present moment being exactly as it should be. And these fears arise anytime we hold on to a belief that love should look a certain way or different. And these are beliefs and ideas that we have learned around romantic love and that have been accumulated from life here on earth for decades and decades and decades. We only hold on to an idea or concept for dear life when we fear that we're going to lose it. And the truth is, we can't hold on to love, right? There's love, the noun, and there's the action of love, the verb. And when we can take that action of love and direct it at ourselves first, so that we align with the vibration and frequency of our soul, that stream of consciousness that is pure love, then the action of love we give to the world comes from source, divine source energy, rather than from our conditioning and beliefs and fears around love that are filled with expectations and conditions. When we are filled up and aligned with divine source love, we don't accept any unloving behaviors toward us. When we are filled and aligned with divine love, we don't need to hold on to any conditions around our twin flame. When we can let go of any conditions we may be holding around our twin flame journey, any fears will disappear. Because remember, these fears are only present because we think we have something to lose, right? We're taught that by society. But if we can trust and have faith that our soul is always operating in divine love and taking care of us for our highest good always, then we don't need to hold on to this journey looking any certain way or a different way. 
We can trust that everything we're experiencing right now is what our soul is wanting to experience. When we let go of any resistance around love, we can soften our grip on attachment and we can let fear out the door and allow love to flow. The obstacles on the twin flame journey are there for us to experience separation from our twin flame. When we can feel and heal all the pain associated with not being with them, think about this, we then face our biggest fear. And when we can look fear in the face, it transmutes into love. This fear shifts from separation consciousness to unity consciousness. Our twin flame is our greatest love. And because they're a reflection of ourselves, the fear we're actually facing is the fear of our own separation from love and divine source consciousness. When we clear our mind and body of everything that needs to be healed, we restore ourselves back to our original alignment of unconditional love. In this place, we won't carry any fear of loss around them or experience any separation from them, even if they're not in our lives, I promise you. I know this and have experienced this to be true. And this is the extraordinary part of the twin flame journey. When you can fully let go of any expectation, condition, or need to be with them, any obsessive thought around them, or any need to hold on to them in any way, you'll experience the extraordinary feeling of not having any fears around love and separation. When any fears of abandonment, loss, and separation are gone, you're able to experience the divine love that's always been present, flowing effortlessly through you. And this gift of polarity is the gift that our twin flame gives us. So I hope that has been helpful. This journey is not easy, but it is extraordinary. And if you're looking to connect with other listeners of this podcast, we've started a private Facebook group and you can find it under groups. And the name is Alchemical Souls. Also, if you want to share your twin flame journey so far, please email either a five to 10 minute voice recording or send it in text form and I'll read it for more privacy to protect you. And you can send either of those to twinflametransformation11 at gmail.com. Don't forget the 11. Now, before our next twin flame share, I do want to give a slight trigger warning that there are very deep topics mentioned. There aren't details, but there are deep topics such as death and abuse. And so if either of those bother you, then please just turn this off. And if you do want to listen, please join me for this really powerful, raw, vulnerable, life-changing, incredible, inspiring Twin Flame Share. Hello, all. I'm so grateful to share my story in honor of my beautiful twin flame who recently and tragically passed away. I'm in the beginning of my twin flame journey, at least the deep learning and inner work part. My late fiance and I knew we were a twin flame union for the past three years. I first laid eyes on him back in 2001 when I was 25 and he was only 22. He had gotten a job at a bar that my ex-husband and I worked at after moving here from a large city where he was born and raised. He had briefly come to be near his mother after his parents divorced and she had relocated. That second he turned around and looked at me is what I would have described back then as love at first sight. He was perfect looking and had a smile that lit up his entire face. He looked so kind and it didn't take long to know that he was indeed the kindest person I would ever meet. 
Although very long ago, I still remember this moment with photographic vision, including what we were both wearing, the song that was playing, and my realization that he was looking back at me with the exact same thoughts. He befriended my husband and would come over sometimes after work to hang out or watch a movie. Later, we would joke that we didn't have any memories of my ex even being there those nights. What he didn't know then is that my long marriage held a secret of torturous abuse, and the year he and I met was the lowest point I had felt up to that time in my life. I had a very traumatic childhood and went right from my father's house to my husband's and just traded one abuser for another. My twin, and, my twin and I never confessed our feelings back then, and I never told anyone about my abuse. Not long after my twin moved back to his city, I did get the courage to leave my bad situation, which I believe saved my life. I did not seek any therapy, though, and before long, I was married again. My next marriage was to a kind man, but there was never any really romantic love. This marriage would also last for many years, and he gave me a son who was everything I ever wanted, but something was missing. Over the years, my twin flame and I connected on social media, and I would keep up with him. We even got together one night that he was in town and went to a party as platonic friends. The night before on the phone, he did confess his big crush he had on me back in the day. Giant was the word he used, actually. I remember my heart sinking because although he had been married and divorced at this point, here I was married again, not divorced, and I wish we could be together. After that party and a few shots, I kissed him and told him I'd always loved him. Then I quickly ran away and went home, realizing what I had just done. The next day, I was embarrassed about my indiscretion. He went home. Time went on. A few years ago, he came to my mind, and I noticed he had disappeared from social media and decided to Google him. To my absolute shock, I saw that he had been convicted of a drug crime and was incarcerated at the moment. I saw the sentence imposed and gasped out loud, 15 years. Later, I learned this was his first time arrest, but due to federal mandatory minimum sentence laws, he got more time than a lot of violent offenders. I was sick that entire day, I remember. I felt this intense pain for what he must be going through. I had never known anyone in prison and thought about writing to him, but it seemed scary to me, and I was married after all. I thought to myself I would never see him again. A couple more years passed, and after a painful second divorce, I was single for the first time in my adult life, really. I was pondering what to do now and trying to navigate life as a single mother when my twin flame reached out to me out of nowhere. I was so surprised and very happy. He explained to me everything about the conviction and his world in prison, and I told him about my divorce. Almost instantly, we came together in the most powerful and magical way I could ever imagine. It began when, without any thought, I confessed everything that had happened to me in my first marriage. This is the first time I had told another living soul. It all poured out of me, and I held nothing back. He cried. He was angry, and he wished so badly that I would have confided with him back then. He swore he would have saved me from this monster. I explained that I saved myself. It was okay, and it was over now. In about three days, we agreed to give this unconventional relationship a try. And in only one week, I asked him to marry me. He exclaimed, yes, I will marry you, babe. I thought you would never ask. We were finally both single, but he wasn't exactly available. 
That day, he contacted me. It was leap year of 2020. I sent in visitor forms and was accepted by the facility almost immediately. We were so excited to meet, but just days later, on March 13th, 2020, my birthday, the entire United States shut down due to COVID. For the first time in history of the Bureau of Prisons, all visits ceased indefinitely. Our relationship relied on our voices, emails, and letters. I'm so very grateful for all the letters. I went through the required process of the marriage procedure, but he was told it would not happen anytime soon. His counselor laughed at his in-person inquiry, in fact. In my required request letter, I explained our fears that if unforeseen circumstances were to happen to one of us, we would have no rights in regards to each other. I got no response to this letter. We started a two-person book club, and it was such a great way to feel connected. I would buy two books, have one sent to me, and have one delivered to him. We would read and discuss. Our first book was Love in the Time of Cholera because it seemed relevant in this pandemic love story we found ourselves in, and it also was the book in the movie Serendipity. We both thought the book was terrible. One book we loved was The Time Traveler's Wife. Sensing that our bond was out of this world, I found a book about twin flames for our little book club. I had heard the term, but never really knew exactly what being a twin flame entailed. We were completely floored by this realization. There was no doubt that this is who we were. It explained everything. He was particularly entranced that before he moved back to where he came from back then, he gave me a mirror. It was not a small mirror, but a huge and heavy gold leaf mirror that hangs on a wall. Through my two marriages, different dwellings, and life changes, I lugged that mirror with me all these years. At some point, I painted it cobalt blue. Before we reconnected, I hung up my son's room in my new apartment, where it still hangs today. How cool is it that I gave you a mirror? You, my mirror soul, he would say. We added poems to the letters, many about how our souls were created at the same time and pondering the lives we had lived before. Rereading the letters now, there are so many prophetic things I find in them. As our first anniversary approached, the BOP briefly opened visits to our absolute elation. We had such an intense longing to come together physically. It had been 13 years at this point since we had seen each other last. The day I was scheduled to visit, a historic snowstorm hit, and I was stranded inside my apartment for days. Finally, on March 1st, which is his birthday, and our decided anniversary day, because leap year only comes once every four years, I finally got to go see him one year into our relationship. Not surprisingly, we were drawn together like the world's strongest magnet, but we were forbidden to touch, kiss, or hug. The guards instructed us to our seats across from each other, exactly six feet apart. His beautiful face was covered by a cheap cloth mask, and I was wearing a mask as well. Even still, we were so happy to see each other finally and talked about our life and future. We would pull down our mask when no one was looking to talk and show off our permagrins until we would hear a yell from the CO in charge. The visit lasted about two hours, and I could see the pain in his eyes when I had to go. We blew each other kisses goodbye. It hurt. Over the next year and eight months, I visited when I could, and it was the best days of my life. We were so sexually attracted to each other, and it was so difficult not having that physical experience. But at the same time, it honed our senses, intensified our bond, and made us appreciate each other so much. We would never again take each other or simple pleasures in life for granted, we would say. 
As happy as we were to have this kind of love, we struggled. During COVID and our forced separation, my drinking had intensified. I had always used alcohol to cope, and after so many years, it was progressing rapidly. It also seemed that at the moment I shared my past with him, it let something sinister out of me, or rather, upon me. My twin, who also had a lot of childhood trauma, suffered from depression due to his situation, and there was no good treatment or support for this where he lived. He admitted going down the wrong path in life and making a terrible life choice to sell drugs, but he would cry to me that the lesson had been learned and there's no way he would ever land himself in this situation again. He didn't understand how this harsh sentence was just, and I agreed. He was only halfway into this. We tried everything available for early release, but his motions were always denied. We never ran away from each other. He promised to always be here for me as long as there was a breath in his body. And I vowed to never leave him in there, and I meant it. Finally, he was moved to a very minimal security facility, and the COVID restrictions were loosened. After two and a half years being engaged, we finally got our first embrace. We could hold hands, kiss, and the visits would last all day now. We were in absolute heaven these days. We took pictures together, ate snacks, he played with my hair, and we stared into each other's eyes. This lasted for four exhilarating months, every other weekend or so. One of our last visits I shared with his family, and when I excused myself for a moment, I looked across the room and noticed him crying in his mother's arms. This indescribable feeling came over me. It was the feeling of pure love, but also I had an epiphany. Our arguments, although few but increasing, usually involved my drinking, and although he was tolerant, I knew I would need to stop already. At this moment, I decided it would be right then. This precious soul needed a stable and sober home when he was released. What was I doing? I had to change myself. I had to rid myself of this crutch once and for all, and I did, until a month and a half later, one day, last October, I did not hear from him, which was not normal. I knew things happened and the place got locked down at times, so I tried not to worry. But the next day, I was told my TF suffered a traumatic brain injury and was in the hospital. His family and I rushed to him as fast as we could. Later that night, we were told he would not survive and that he was brain dead. A part of me died that night as well. I won't go into all the details involved in the incident or added trauma of what we went through due to his status as an inmate or the complications that arose for me not being his wife. The unforeseen events that we feared as stressed in my ignored marriage letter request was now a horrific reality. Still today, we don't have any answers. His organs went on to save for people's lives. His heart went to a gentleman in Wisconsin who I hope to connect with someday. I relapsed the night I left the hospital in a bad way. The next day I tried to get to him to force myself into the room where he was still being guarded. I saw him there in bed and ran to him, was stopped and threatened with security. I left completely broken. I was allowed two hours with his family the day after that. We all said goodbye for the last time. I was a zombie. I was a shell of a person, and I had never felt this level of pain before. I told the assistant warden in the room about our failed marriage attempt, and he told me they just started doing ceremonies again the week before. More trauma. Even in death, we were not able to be alone. I was told the funeral director would be present in the room for a viewing at the funeral home. I decided instead to let him go. 
I received some of his ashes finally, just in time for Valentine's Day this year. Even though we were aware of our twin flame union, we never really did the work that I see we needed now. He used to meditate and it helped him, but the last few months the prison really got to him. It was so noisy and full of negative energy. He was very on edge and trusted no one. Looking back, I had an ominous sense but ignored it. We thought we had a time, a whole lifetime to work through everything. We were going day to day and just yearning for his release. After he left this earth, I had a terrible emotional breakdown. I was suicidal. I was done with this world and wanted to go where he was. Thankfully, I was guided to an angel in the form of a prison advocate I met on a Facebook group who is now a dear friend. I confided my condition to her and she guided me to a local recovery program that saved me. As I was able to put the booze away again, I began looking into more information on Twin Flames. I found Michelle's podcast, and that is what brought me here. I found hope knowing that my bond with my twin can never be broken. I had a session with the medium shortly after his death, and even in my dense grief, he came through to me. He expressed his deep love for me and said he was very sorry. I assured him there was no need for apologies. I would do this all over again. What we shared was true and unconditional love, and he had given me the ultimate gift, and I haven't lost it. I know this is not the end. Of course I struggle. I wonder what our life would have been with, like here on earth in this life and form. I don't understand why this had to happen to him, to us. Died in prison. Such a horrible cliche. He didn't deserve this. He just wanted to be home with me and his family and live a good, decent life and redeem himself. His mother passed away two and a half months after him. I do believe a broken heart was the cause. I have comfort that they are together now, guiding us all along. He sends me messages constantly, the most amazing being four-leaf clovers. All his life, he had this penchant for finding them. Even at the prison, he would hunt the fields and the other guys would give him a hard time, but he didn't care. Since he died, I find them almost every time I search, even in the dead of winter. They are all found in one very small patch that grows outside my door, and I always wonder, how did I miss this one yesterday? I finally asked him to up his game and send me a five-leaf clover. I found it the next day. The odds are one in a million. So many more things like this, too many to mention. I have a long road to healing ahead and so much to learn. I feel him working through me. Besides my desire to find my higher self, I wish to advocate for justice and prison reform. My first step was coming out of my comfort zone and telling our story to everyone I knew and those who I do not. I was always very closed up about our relationship, but I am breaking through that and letting go of fear due to the stigma attached to loving someone who is incarcerated. I know there is a reason for all of this. I miss him terribly, but I talk to him all the time, every day. I can feel something amazing happening within me, and I'm so thankful I survived the shock of losing him physically and in the way that it happened. I'm looking forward to what the future brings. I can't wait for our total union. Thanks so much for listening. Much love to you all.